The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, we talk to Matt Cardona. That's right. After that huge moment last weekend, is a future with Nick Gage in the ring, GCW. Man, does Matt Cardona understand what he's getting into? We talk about it right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Also, we talk to AJ Francis from NXT and also WWE A&E's Most Wanted Treasures right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Matt, right off the bat, what the (laughs) fuck were you thinking? (laughs) You know what? Uh, A lot of people have been texting me that. Uh, A lot of people, you know, think I'm crazy, and maybe I am, but everybody's talking, so I got the response that I wanted, and it was so much fun. Uh, You know, for so long, I was this white meat baby face, and to have these people... Like I, Bubba, you know, when the fans really don't like you and they really don't want you there. Um, it was a, it was like a drug for me. I loved it. So now I, I can, you know, on a, uh, you know, you were experiencing it night after night after night. And I got a small taste, but oh my God, I got goosebumps right now. Just thinking about that night. What meant more to you? Because I, I saw the feud between you and Gage on social media, like many fans did. And I was, I was really intrigued. What meant more to you to be able to go in there and and nail Gage the way you did and drop him on his head or to really shove it up the backside of that GCW audience? Oh, I, I call them the GCW universe and they hate that. Uh, but that was the best part about it because they're expecting uh, Moxley. I even tried to do the little thing and they bought it. I couldn't believe it. These guys think they're so smart. And I'm doing it, and they bought it. <laughs> How smart are you? And then I take off the mask, and it's like this weird uh, reaction because the people who can see my face, they think it's me. People from behind think it's him. So then I, it's like, like cheer, boo, cheer, boo. It's, it was awesome. 
And that's the beauty of pro wrestling, right? I mean, a lot of times we forget about that surprise and that shock because I think, and Bully, you talk about this all the time, a lot of times us fans think we're so smart and we know everything. When you are able to kind of shove it up our ass like you did this past weekend, that's that's the beauty of the sport, right? I mean, that's what made me a fan and kept me a fan for so long. Those those moments, you know, uh, when, like you said, like you think you're so smart, you think you know it's going to happen. And then like it just switches on you. That's that's the beauty of pro wrestling, I think. Uh, just yesterday, I posted something on social media that happened 24 years ago when Jerry Lawler showed up in the ECW arena. And I mean, the place went completely berserk. That ECW crowd hated Lawler there. And then I watched your video, and I'm like, I felt like I was watching the same thing. That's <laughs> how much heat was in that audience. And that's like the biggest compliment I can pay you, because when you're able to do that to fans, you are truly controlling them. And it seems, I could see the smirk on your face, like you've really gotten off on the fact that you've taken a GCW crowd who thinks that they're, as you said, so, so smart and take them in a different direction. Um, I have heard, I spoke to a couple of people that were there, fans. And I've also heard from a couple of the boys. You two don't like each other, do you? No, I mean, the thing is, I don't know how it started on social media, whether a fan tweeted it and I responded. And then it, it got like kind of personal at first. I was like, dude, I'm not, I don't want to do this deathmatch stuff. Like, that's not my style at all. But then he just kept calling me out and calling me out and calling me out. And then, like, they even promoted me for one of their shows where I clearly had a booking somewhere else. And then they have the whole crowd, like, I can't even say what they were chanting at me. You know, so it's like, dude, at one point, I have to just stand up for myself because I can't take that. So, that's, Matt. That's what, I just got to be a man and shut him up. Well, well, Matt, I mean, you're a guy, let's face it, you, you won – you know, the Intercontinental Championship in front of over 100,000 fans at WrestleMania. You've hit the highs of highs in this business. You have you have been there and done that. You know, you're a pro wrestler, a sports entertainer. Sure. You you look at somebody like a Nick Gage. I mean, how do you feel about somebody like that? That, you know, his style, do you call it wrestling? Is that professional wrestling what he does? Uh, Bill DeMott told me when I was in Deep South Wrestling that wrestling's like there's all different flavors of ice cream, right? And and, and this deathmatch wrestling, I respect the hell out of it. You know, it's not for me. It's not my style. But, you know, I dropped him with that DDT. I sliced my arm open on the glass. I'm doing the offensive move. So, like, there's no doubt that it's dangerous. There's no doubt that it's real. Like, I, I was walking to the back, and it's just, like, blood dripping down. I'm like, where is this coming from? Like, oh, it's coming from me. Like, this, this is legitimate and uh you know am i crazy for getting involved in this probably am i afraid i, I would be lying if i said i wasn't afraid but um you know I, I i've been through way worse than a death match with, with nick gage or insert wrestler uh you know so you know he says he's been locked up you know i was locked up in wwe for over a decade i've d done that you know i i uh i beat cancer twice i'm certainly sure i can survive nick gage so there's no feeling right now that you've gotten in over your head. You're completely um, ready for whatever the, the, the next part of this whole situation is. Yeah, I, you know, I use the, the, the catchphrase, always ready, but I am, you know, and I'm going to, everything I do in my life, I do 110%, and I'm not guaranteeing that I'm going to win. 
No, but I'm going to go in there and I'm going to give it my all. And if you want to see Matt Cardone with, with a light tube or with thumbtacks, if that's what I got to do to beat this guy, then I'll do it. So are you having a match against him? I laid out the challenge uh, for homecoming GCW homecoming in July. I want that GCW championship. That's why I held it over his head. Uh, that, that's my goal. I didn't just come there to lay him out. I came there to, you know, to, to shut everybody up, the, the GCW universe, Nick Gage, and to take their title. So you laid out the challenge, but he hasn't answered you yet. He has not answered me yet unless unless he tweeted me and I, you know, his tweets that you can't even understand what they say. So maybe he responded and uh, I haven't, you know, put two two together yet. Wow. Maybe maybe Gage, maybe Gage is, is afraid of you. I, I doubt that. I doubt that this guy. No, listen. no, because think about this, Matt. Imagine you go into his backyard and you beat him. All his credibility is completely shot. Yeah, and I know, you know, he's riding that high. You know, he had the dark side of the ring, and he's the talk of the town right now. But I, I, I'm coming to, to, to steal everything he's worked for. You know, I'm coming for that, that title. I'm coming to – I want to be the face of GCW. And GCW, the, the universe, they're going to they're gonna hate me for it. But I know that deep down they love me, and I love my fans too. Ah, oh, God, Matt Cardona, face of GCW. <laughs> That's right. Face of that, and here's the thing. Bull, well, well they, have... they need a face of the company that has some teeth. You know what I'm saying? Look at the smile. <laughs> right, you do have a beautiful smile. You're a very handsome man. Now, now, Bully and I had a conversation offline about about the future of pro wrestling. Obviously, in the '90s, pro wrestling got so corporate and so mainstream that you needed an ECW. It seems lately we're getting the same thing here. I mean, all these rumors about you know. WWE being sold to Disney. It's become it's become so corporate. Is this kind of like the future of pro wrestling? Is, you know, like a GCW? Is deathmatch wrestling? Is that where we're going to see more of? Is there this hardcore audience that's going to push this forward? I mean, I definitely think there's a place for it in wrestling, but wrestling on a whole, it's blown up. You know, it, you, there's wrestling on television every single night of the week. You know, this weekend I was wrestling in Chicago, then GCW the next day, and then I have impact. It's I'm busier than I ever have been, and I just think wrestling is hotter than it's ever been. I mean, maybe like the ratings aren't the highest ever, but look how many wrestling promotions there are. Look how many wrestlers are making a living. It's, it's the best time to be a wrestler. I think the best time to be a fan. You said that you're busier than you've ever been. I would, uh, I would assume that you're also happier than you've ever been. Oh, 100%. It's great being my own boss. Being at Impact these past couple months has been incredible. Uh, you know, the, the freedom, the creative freedom. Uh, I can go and do GCW. You know, like, you know, full disclosure, I haven't signed to Impact, but I, I go per, per taping. And hopefully I'll be at Slammiversary July 17th. And, you know, I've, I've had more pay-per-view matches on Impact this year that more singles matches on pay-per-view for impact than I had in WWE in 10 years. <laughs> Getting back to Gage for a second and the challenge that you laid out for him. Did you just lay out a challenge to wrestle him in a regular wrestling match or have you challenged him to some kind of crazy death match? I, I'm under the assumption that every match at GCW has no rules and it's anything goes. So that's what I laid out. Whatever match he wants, uh, you want to call it a death match, you want to call it a wrestling match. I just want a match for the GCW championship. Uh, would I prefer to do a little headlock, <laughs> the tackle, you know, like, of course, I, I know that's not what I'm getting myself into. 
So if Nick Gage comes back and accepts your challenge and says, we're having a no-rope, barbed wire, light tube, piranha, uh, uh, <laughs> spider death match, you're saying yes? I mean, maybe no piranhas, but I, 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 as long as there, there needs to be regular ropes. But other than that, let's go. You know, you want to bring a light tube. You want to bring a chair. Uh, I mean, there was just glass everywhere. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a fight. I know that. And I know I'm going to get my ass kicked, but I plan on walking out with the title covered in blood as the champion. Uh, flipping off that GCW universe, maybe kissing some babies on the way out, too. The fact that you call them the GCW universe is amazing. Um, oh, it's unbelievable. They, they, they hate it, which makes me love it and do it even more. Uh, Matt, you, you said that you're happy. Uh, obviously, you're happy. Uh, you're able to do things that you've never been able to do in your career. You know, we Bully and I talked a lot about what happened last week with the, with the WWE releases. And I'm sure this is a tough time for a lot of those wrestlers that have been released by the WWE. What would be a message you would send out to those people? I, I tweeted this the other day or something similar. And even last month when, when Chelsea and everybody else got released, like this could be the best thing for you. If you do the work, if you, you know, bet on yourself and take a chance on yourself and be your own boss and hustle. But if you just think like all these promoters are going to book you and that you're going to get all these big paydays, like that's probably not going to happen. Maybe if you're Braun Strowman, but for everybody else, you're going to have to work for it and hustle and, and make a name for yourself again and make your own merch. And, and, and whether it be a side project like a podcast or something, you got to make it for yourself because no one's just going to hand it to you. You know, and that, that I love. I love being uh, in control of my own destiny, whether I you know, succeed or fail. I just want the opportunity to do that. Uh, you talked about the hustle. Um, I think coming up in the w the world of the WWE and only being exposed to the WWE can be one of the worst things because you become coddled. You get used to them doing everything for you, your travel, your merch, your, your everything. Basically, you just show up and perform what they put in front of you. Um, how is, important is it for wrestlers to know how to conduct themselves as their own business and basically do the things that you're able to do. I think it's extremely important. I mean, if you don't know how to like create your own buzz or create your own, you need, you need merchandise. You need that. And then guess what? You're going to have to learn how to, to pack it up. I have a, uh, uh, like a whole like shipment station in my kitchen that my fiance hates, you know, I pack up everything. I have the label maker. I have the post office coming every morning to pick stuff up. Like, that's what I do. That's just part of my, I hate using this word brand, but okay. I need to sell merch. That's how I need to, you know, feed myself and, or, or you know, and live and pay my bills. Like I'm not getting th this, this check every week in the mail. If I want money, I have to go out and earn it. <laughs> so you have to hustle and you have to get it. Whether it be wrestling or starting a podcast or making your own merch or do whatever you're passionate like about, you need to do that and, and, and just keep knocking down those doors. Talking about your podcast, how's it going? Oh, the podcast is, is awesome. We actually have a, a live show uh, this week in, in Baltimore at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, uh, our eighth live show. It's going to be awesome. It's sold out, of course. Uh, but it's good. We, we love doing this stuff. We love, you know, we took something, grown men talking about wrestling figures. Again, people thought we were crazy. And now, like, if I didn't want to wrestle, I, I wouldn't have to wrestle. But I love wrestling. This is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. Uh, but it's nice to know that if I want to just talk about toys, I could. And it's unbelievable. We're talking about your podcast, talking about GCW, talking about impact wrestling that you've been doing work with as well. I mean, 
like you said, this is a good time to be a wrestler. It's a good time to be a fan because there's so many options out there in 2021. Yeah, I, I just I really think you could, you know, I, I say I work every single day, whether it be through the podcast or wrestling, but it doesn't feel like work because I love it. You know, like uh, last week we, we made trading cards for our podcast and I had to pack up 300 sets. It took me two whole days, but it didn't feel like I was working because it was something like for me. And I know I'm putting the label on. Like, oh, I know this fan. He bought so-and-so last time. But it's just fun for me. I, I just love, uh, you know, I always had that that itch to, to make myself bigger than so-and-so thought I was supposed to be. Um, we, you talked about how the business is as hot as it's ever been, despite ratings across the board, not being through the roof at all. As a matter of fact, being probably at close to all time lows, uh, me and Dave talk often on this show about problems in the business problems in individual companies. What would you like to see change across the industry? Do you feel we need to get back to certain things or do you think we need to evolve into something different? I will say this, when I left WWE and, and listen, I love WWE. I'm so grateful for everything I ever got there. I wouldn't be talking to you right now if it wasn't for WWE. But I think like just the, the, the you've heard it many times like the scripted promos, like it really just needs to go. You need to let these guys find themselves. You know, you really do. And like when I went to AEW and Impact, like at first I was like, wait, I can just kind of say what I want. Like, I'm not going to go out there and embarrass the company or embarrass myself, but I know the point I want to get across. You know, they give me a bullet point. Okay, this is the message. This is the general message. Now say it your own way. I feel like it should be that way. Uh, you need to trust the performer that they're not going to go out and embarrass you on live TV. I get that. But like, let people get over. <laughs> like the like Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking the beer, flipping people off. Like, oh, that was the craziest thing. That was awesome in like 97, 98. No one could go out and just start flipping off the crowd now, like if it, unless it was in the script. And if like, come on, just let guys be themselves and see what happens. Like, there's so many talented guys, uh, not just in WWE, but anywhere, and they just need to take risk. And not everything's going to work, but that's how you find yourself. All right, Matt Cardona. Hopefully, we'll be seeing you uh, at Impact Slam Anniversary on July 17th. Oh yeah, and then, and I hope to see you um, and survive uh, the end of July. Uh, GCW homecoming in Atlantic City. So looking forward well, to both those things. Hopefully if I win that title, I'll come back on and I'll uh, hold it up for you guys. And for the GCW universe <laughs> as well. I love the GCW <laughs> universe. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Serious XM Fight Nation is your home for the hardest hitting combat sports talk you'll find in the world. Whether it's pro wrestling, MMA, or boxing, join the conversation with us at 877-FIGHT-93 anytime from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern as we react to the hottest storylines, most intriguing matchups, and more. Oh, my God! Your home for the best all-day combat sports talk anywhere is Serious XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 
best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Bully, you gotta be proud of our guest AJ Francis right now. And why would that be? I don't know. So, you know, maybe he kind of walked through the doors of the team 3d academy at some point in florida long time ago yeah long time ago in a galaxy far far away yes he did very happy for him happy for his success <laughs> um i'm really enjoying the uh the the lost treasure show i think you're doing a phenomenal job as the host of that show i love your the comfort you have with uh the wwe superstars i mean i remember watching you with kane you're not a deer in the headlights, which I like. You're not, you're respectful, but you're not in so in awe of these, uh, you know, performers that you, I don't feel like you're taking a back seat to, to anybody. How does it feel to be able to do a show like that and work with these high-end stars like you're working with? I mean, honestly, it's, uh, it's crazy to me that, you know, how everything worked out because... Like, um, a lot of people think that I was just handpicked to do the gig by WWE because I came from the NFL um, and I had TV experience before I got here. But uh, what actually happened was my uh, friend that I went to high school with uh, knows one of the producers of the show. And uh, so the show actually pitched me to WWE. So when I got the opportunity uh, to be out there with Taker, with Kane, with Mankind, with Booker T, guys that I grew up idolizing, you know, um, I didn't want to waste my opportunity because if you're on screen, you know how it is, if you're on screen one minute with The Undertaker and you shrivel in the opportunity, you don't deserve on to be on screen with The Undertaker. So 
I, I wanted to be able to establish from day one that even though these guys are my idols and I grew up, you know, doing it, wanting to be them, wanting to do everything that they do, uh, that like, you know, I'm a grown man. And I, I think it's really cool that they did not show me any lack of respect. They could have easily been like, oh, you're, you know, a newbie in this business. I don't have to treat you like you're worth a damn. And in actuality, they treated me better than I could ever imagine. So I'm very thankful for that. Yeah, and, and AJ, I, I, I used to work for the NFL channel here on Sirius XM, and I don't, I don't think people really understand how good you were in the NFL. I always felt you were kind of underappreciated, but you were able to make a career. <laughs> but you were able – listen, not too many people can say that they played, you know, uh, in the NFL, and you played for multiple teams, you know, and yeah. being – you know, being from Washington, D.C. and then playing for, you know, the Redskins. I mean, you were able to relive a dream that most people could could only dream about and not actually do. And then you go on to the world of the WWE and pro wrestling. And Bully just said it as a host of this show. And listen, I know you probably could, can't believe it because I look so youthful, but I'm a 49 year old man. And you really do understand the history of this business. You acknowledge yeah. the history of this business and you have a knowledge about this business which you need to have as that at, for this show so like Bully said to, to be around a sergeant slaughter and 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 a jerry lawler and an undertaker like man, do you pinch yourself sometimes and say man like i've been able to really accomplish a lot in my life so far yeah, man. I mean, when, even when I was in the NFL, people thought I was crazy because, like, I was in the NFL and people would be like, what's your dream? You want to win a Super Bowl? You want to make a Pro Bowl? And I'd be like, I want to be WWE champion, right? So, like, people my whole life haven't understood, like, if you, if you can play in the NFL, why do you care so much about wrestling? I mean, I grew up, wrestling was my life. Like, I'd be the first person to say Hogan was the reason I started watching and Rock was the reason I never stopped. Um, like, I have always wanted to do this. So like to be able to then get, get an opportunity to try to reclaim the legacies of these guys that I've spent so much time dissecting their work. I mean, when I first started training at 3D, like they would all, you know, Cruz and, and Billy Gunn and Devon and Bubba and, and Rios. And they would always say, go back and watch somebody that you want to be like. And I, I watched Taker. I want to be the hood Taker. Like, that's my goal in wrestling is to be the hood Taker. So, like, I, I have studied so much, that they, so much that they've done. So when I get in a car with them and we're driving around for two hours and the producers aren't giving me any questions to ask, it's, Yep. What do you think? And I got two hours to pick the Undertaker's brain and they use what they use, they don't what they don't, but I still get my answers and I use them how I want to. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people don't see on this show is like, because the show is so condensed down for time, um, like people say, well, I mean, they say it's condensed, but it's an hour long, but like each one of these superstars, I've drove in a car with them talking about their career and trying to get implementation from what they did into my career for literally hours on the road, but like only 15 seconds of it makes the show. So you don't really see that, you know what I'm saying? So like it, it's incredible the amount of knowledge I was able to gain from all these legends along the way. That's one thing that I'm most grateful for. Let's talk about hit row for a second, AJ. Um, I'm really enjoying this act. I think it's fresh. It's new. It's got 
tons of charisma. It's got a shitload of attitude towards uh, uh, in it. Did the four of you know each other? Is this something that NXT Creative came up with? Did you have mm-hmm. this idea? Was this a swerve idea? How did Hit Row come together? Um, well, I've been doing uh, this music conglomerate uh, faction for a few years now. When I was on the Indies, when I was at 3D, um, my crew was called The Row, and uh, I, I was Sugar Bear um, as a play on uh, Suge Knight, obviously. Um, and then when I got to WWE, um, Ryan Katz, uh, who you know, works at Creative for WWE, was like, hey, man, we... You know, you got you and Brianna and Tahuti, you know, you guys are uh, you guys are good. You got good vibes together. I would like to see what you guys can do together. So we came together and uh, we did a thing called the Hitmakers. And that was the original name of the crew. And it was just three of us. And we were working and everything was going cool. And then uh, right around the time we're about to go, uh, you know, uh, Hunter pulled me aside and was like, uh, and pulled Swerve aside and pulled all the guys aside and was like, would you guys be cool with working with Swerve too? And, you know, Swerve's cool people. Swerve is actually a rapper. Like, the thing is, like, if we were going to add somebody to the crew, it had to be authentic. It had to be somebody that could fit the crew. Brianna's actually a rapper. I have two albums. I've been on tour twice. I have, you know, five million streams. Swerve is actually a rapper. So to add him just added more levels of authenticity. And it added a veteran to the crew. It added somebody that has on TV namesake day one. And I think it was the best thing that could have happened to the crew. And obviously we all actually get along. It's not like a, it's not a TV prop. It's not a, you know, creative thing. Like we get to do our own thing. And that's props to Triple H for understanding that we got something different than anybody else can do right now in the company. And he's just letting us run with it. And I couldn't be more grateful. It sounds like he's giving you kind of that freedom to be creative within the walls of NXT. Absolutely. He, I mean, and the cool thing about working uh, for Hunter is the fact that, like, he don't tell you what to cook. He has the seasoning at the end. You know what I'm saying? So, like, okay. if he needs to cook for you, he will because he's more than capable. But, like, if he knows that you got something hot that you're working with, you know what I'm saying, you got something hot that's real good and that you can do at a different level than other people. He just is showing you, all right, so this is where the camera's going to be. This is what I want you want y'all to get out of this spot. And then we go here, boom, I want you to do this here. He's adding those little extra steps that make that take it from an 8 to a 10. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what the cool thing of working with him is. You're talking about working with Hunter, obviously, and I like the way you put that. He doesn't tell you what to cook. Um, You know, he lets you do it. He adds a seasoning. But you got another guy there who's known for that in Shawn Michaels. Have you guys been able to work with Shawn and all? And tell me some of the things you've learned from Shawn. Shawn, once again, like last night, perfect example. Shawn is really good on finding those little details like Hunter is. Um, The one thing that I like the most about Shawn is like Shawn – wants us to do more. Sean wants us, like, we're, we're eating popcorn at ringside and we're laughing and joking and putting our fingers in people's faces and doing all this stuff. And Sean's like, yeah, that's great. You can also just keep doing this and adding more and doing a little bit here and then on your way out, you can do this here. And, like, so, like, we think that we might be doing too much and Sean's like, hey, you guys aren't doing enough. 
you know, you guys, you guys got to keep doing more. And, and that's cool because it's a level of, you know, trust and respect that they're giving us that they know that we can do what we are setting out to do. All right, AJ, you know, serious question. Uh, and I know this could be an awkward question, but I got to ask it because it's my job. Uh, hmm. Who's scarier, Bronson Reed or Bob Backlund? <laughs> Bob Backlund, no doubt about it. But people don't understand. But Bob Backlund put me in that chicken wing. That wasn't part of the show. He just did that. That wasn't like a. <laughs> that wasn't like. All right, when I say this word, he gonna put me in the chicken wing. No, that was just him being him, man. Like he, he like, and Sarge warned me before we got there, and I was just like laughing it off, not paying attention to what he was saying. But he was dead serious. He put me in that chicken wing so fast that I, I mean. I was stuck. I had to hide behind Sarge for, for cover. No, and Bully, we had Bob Backlund in studio once, and he put me in the chicken wing. Now, AJ's, look at, AJ's a big dude. He's, a, he's an athlete. I'm obviously not. Like, he put me in, and I was, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've been paid. And I'm like, you know, to and, and, Bob, and he's laughing. He thinks I'm having a, and yeah. I'm like, please, Mr. Backlund, stop. Like, that guy's no joke. And. Yeah, it's, he it's shoot crazy. He shoot crazy. <laughs> no, he 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 for real. Like when we were when we got to his house and like we opened the door and he like just opened it and walked away. I was like, is this really happening? Okay, all right, cool. Like nobody in the, the history of all the people we ever had on the show, everybody was like so happy to get their moment at their front door and and he just opened the door, and walked away, and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> AJ, let me take you back to your training for a moment and then. Let me take you to NXT from last night. Tell me the one thing that you that you learned in wrestling school that has helped you the most up until this point in your professional wrestling career. Uh, take your time because, like, you know, I'm like I said, I'm like we mentioned before, I played in the NFL, so I, especially for a guy my size, I'm way more athletic than people expect, and way more athletic than you know uh, sometimes I remember. So, like, I would, you know, rush my stuff a lot or do something cool and then not let the crowd get an opportunity to register what it was, what happened and being able to see it. And now, like, I like to stalk my prey. I like to walk around and get that heat in from the crowd and let them see my destruction and let, let them understand that I'm a big, bad man. And the cool thing with me is that, like, when I was at 3D, there were other big dudes. So I was able to learn all the little intricacies of the professional wrestling business that uh, you pro I probably wouldn't get at another school because there's I would be working with guys half my size and thus I would be learning bad habits. But there was a 500-pound man. There was two other guys there that were 6'8". So it was like it was easy for me to get the general work in and the basics down with someone my size to make it relatable before I got to WWE. I mean, even in WWE now, like I'm the biggest person on NXT and it's not close. Uh, I would be top five biggest people on raw. I'd be top two biggest people on SmackDown. So it's like, uh, you know, I, I had to learn, I got an opportunity to learn from not only just good teachers, but also got an opportunity to learn with guys my size so that I could learn the right way. You, you're successful in the world of the NFL. You were successful in the world of music. Now you step into the world of pro wrestling and you have to start from square one again. 
do you have an appreciation now for the way you were broken in? Uh, do, do I, I mean, obviously the, the thing is like, I didn't come here and expect it to be easy. In fact, like I expected that all the NFL players and football players that came before me who set a bad example of what a professional wrestler is, um, would be a detriment to me. And it has been like, I've been, there's been, I can't, even when I was on the Indies, there's, I, I can't account for the amount of times that people assume, like, after I have a match with them, they were like, oh man, you're not, you're not stiff. You're, you're, you know where to be. You got good footwork. Like, uh, cause they're used to big dumb idiots coming from football, not knowing where to put their feet, not knowing where to be in the right place at the right time and not understanding how this business works and how it should look. And um, so I've had to fight against that a lot. And that does make me grateful because now that I'm getting an opportunity, I, it's clear that I belong. You know, and, and AJ, if I remember correct, you were a nose tackle in the NFL, right? Yeah. So obviously yeah, you I have mean, the size. I was technically, but- technically I was a utility man. I, I got to be the only person in the last, I would love to see this stat. I don't know if this is true, but it got to be. I'm the only person that started the game at all positions on the D line in the last 10 years. I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it. And yet the best game of my career was the last game of my career. I got cut after I had six tackles. It's like the NFL is stupid. People tell me about the WWE cuts people after they have their best matches. But but AJ, like, and well, and I'm a cowboy fan, AJ. So Redskins, bad organization, right? Am I I'm just gonna throw that at you? Yeah, well, they were. And Bruce Allen was there. Bruce Allen was terrible. And I'll sing that from the mountaintops. Bruce Allen, I worked there for two years. And I didn't have one conversation with that guy until until it was cut there. He's the worst. Wow, wow. But but being but being in that position and the multiple positions you played on the D line, got to have good uh, hand and eye coordination, good feet coordination. So I'm sure that does well for you in in your pro wrestling career. The other thing too, just to go back to WWE's. Most wanted treasures, and again, like Bully said, you're a natural in front of the camera. But you know, and Bully and I have realized this in interviews that we've done. Is a lot of times you'll ask a question and people get emotional and start crying or start tearing. That's happened on this show for you. You know, Bill After was one mm-hmm. that got emotional and stuff like that. So did that take you aback when you were recording these episodes? Uh, no, because I get it. Like, I understand the passion that these guys have for the wrestling business because I'm in it. Like, I, if I didn't have that level of passion, you think I would have been in Team 3D's gym with no AC, sweating my ass off, you know, for three months after my football career just came to an end? No, uh, I wouldn't have done that. But the fact is, like, I get in these people's houses and they've dedicated so much of their time and their life and their resources to something that they love so much. So when I come into, you know, you know, where their their layer, their where they lay their head, and I'm like, look, I came here because I wanted to see what you got, but I also want to, you know, take something that you have, and I'm not gonna leave you with nothing. But, you know, they've dedicated so much time to, you know, their collection and their love of this business that to them, like I'm taking a piece of their life away from them and I un- while sometimes there have there the ones that were super dramatic you did it didn't even make the show you don't have to worry about it but like the like the ones that 
like are genuinely felt, man. I feel it for them because at the end of the day, like we're all fan. You don't, you're not successful in this business if you're not a fan of this business or unless you have powerful friends. That's the only other way. But if you don't happen to have powerful <laughs> friends, then you are not successful in this business unless you love this business. And so AJ, I can appreciate AJ, we've had a love fest with you, but there is somebody who's a part of Busted Open that you have heat with. Do mm-hmm. you happen to know who that is? Uh, I, is it is it make believe heat with Mark Henry? And I don't think it's make believe heat. I think it's true heat. Mark Henry is texting me nonstop during this. Mark Henry is legit pissed off at you, AJ. Legit. Oh yeah, about what? By, by you coming on and with him not hosting, seems to <laughs> seems to be. Well, uh, you know, that he reached out to you about coming on with him and you decided to come on with Bully. Just say. Hey, hey, I came on. I, I remember I came on on Martin Luther King Day and I was on for all of 10 seconds before Mark kicked me off. So I got heat with him. And listen, what we could do, Dave, is Mark Henry could call into the show. Gabby can screen the phone call. And if his question is good enough, we'll let him on the air to talk. <laughs> oh, that's, that, Mark Henry is allowed to come on these airwaves whenever he wants. And I'm going to say, you talk about powerful, you talk about powerful friends, you know, Mark is that powerful friend. I'm sure he's. Hey, look, so another thing, it didn't make the show. Oh, uh, well, it might. Oh, actually, I don't know if it's going to make the show or not. Um, but, uh, the same way that you guys saw me do the Persian Club Challenge in the Bob Backlund episode, uh, when we went to Mark's house, he had one of his uh, dumbbell challenges he wanted me to do. And boy, I could not do that to save my life. Boy, I tell you what. It was it the 80-pound dumbbell with the, the really fat grip that, what is it, Hell, that one inch? Yes. And I, I could so- get it off the ground for half of a second, but. I couldn't keep it up longer than half a second. He would pick it up, put it above his head. I'm like, you're the worst. <laughs> you actually got it up off the ground? Yeah, I did get it off the ground. I just couldn't hold it. I got, you know, I've dislocated all 10 of these fingers in my football career. So, <laughs> like, I, I don't have the grip strength I once did. But I did get it off the ground just for a little bit. Back in the day, I remember Mark Henry had that dumbbell in the locker room and every single guy in the locker room tried to pick that thing up and nobody could budge it. And then Mark just went whoop and picked it right whoop. up over his head. Like it was absolutely <laughs> right over his head. I was like nothing. Thanks. Like like as if he was the world's strongest man or something. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's almost like you need to give it. Well, AJ, man, first of all, I'm addicted to the show, WWE's most wanted treasures. I mean, part of that block with the WWE bios has been fantastic for A and A and man, listen, having, you know, watched you with your NFL career and now seeing what you're able to do on NXT and with this show, it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk to you this morning. Thank you for the time. Oh man. Thank you guys for having me. And if you guys want me back, just let me know and I'll be here. All right. And you ain't, and listen, I got a lot of memorabilia here. You ain't getting shit. So don't come to my <laughs> house, pal. All right, there. Triple H's pockets are not deep enough to get any of the stuff that I have here. And the funny thing is, there's so many like you're the exact opposite spectrum. Because now the one thing I didn't account for was all the wrestling fans DMing me, sending me pictures of their like two items that they have in their house, being like, "You got to get Triple H and Stephanie to come to my house." And I'm like, they didn't even come to anybody's house season one. Like, why? I'm the person that comes to the park. Like, why, why would they come to see your two things? I'm confused, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, top down.
AJ Francis joining us here on Busted Open. AJ, thanks so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Keep up the great work, man. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Podcast Network. The executive producer is Ed Robinson. The associate producer is Gabby Laspisa. Andy King is the director of sports podcasting for SiriusXM. Special thanks to SiriusXM senior vice president of sports programming and podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen, and SiriusXM Fight Nation program director, Marissa Rivas. SiriusXM Podcasts. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.